I think the music has gotten louder. Please, sh- I still can't hear anything. Please shut up. <laughs> please, please, please. We're stop. trying to record a very important podcast. I have things to record on the weekend, you guys, and you just constantly play music for what reason? Like you can play that inside of your house. You can go inside of your house and play music like I do. I don't go outside and bother people <laughs> with my music. I stay inside and listen to folklore for 24 hours. Do your job and go back inside, please. I stay inside and make a Vampire Diaries podcast. Could you please be considerate exactly. for your, your bad music taste? It's not, it's not even that bad. It's just like pop music. But I don't care. Go inside. Like There's go no inside. need for don't you to be here. blasting music on a Saturday night. Like Go inside. I mean, to be fair, like, what are we doing on this Saturday night? Jordan, we're recording a podcast about the Vampire Diaries. True. But actually- We truly have no room to judge. But actually, this is a good episode, I think. I personally think this is a pretty good episode, so- Oh, I thought you were preemptively calling this episode of Afterbite very good, and I'm like, hell yeah, way to call this shot, girl, let's go. Actually, yeah, I'm also going to say that this episode of Afterbite is a good episode- because remember you guys it's important to have like positive thinking it's important to just project what you want to believe hey hi hello everyone and welcome to after bites of vampire diaries fancast only 10 years too late I say that intro just a little bit faster every time because, like, you all know what I'm talking about by now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is episode 38. We've been here a bit. (laughs) For a while. We've been here for a bit. It feels like years, but really it's not even been a full year. (laughs) The other day, I forgot to look it up. I was trying to look up when when I tweeted out that tweet that was like, does anybody want to start a podcast with me about legacies? Oh my god, that tweet. was that was forever ago. That was that like might a have year been ago. more than a full year ago. Yeah. Um, but the first episode of Afterbite came didn't out come out until like November. Uh, it was actually December, uh, December sixth. Yeah, yeah. It's so we're not. It's not a full year yet. But the way that time it is feels moving, so long. But the way that time is moving, it's about to be a year. Like yeah, in actuality. So uh, this week on Afterbite. We have an actually pretty good episode to talk about. I'm excited. Uh, We're talking about episode 316, 1912. Uh, This, like, okay, I can always, like, count. Well, not always, because I remember there was one episode that had flashbacks, and it was, like, not good. But, you know, for the most part, I can count on an episode with flashbacks to be good. Exactly. It's, yeah, you can absolutely, especially when it starts out directly with a flashback. That's when you know. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, let's talk about the Netflix description here first. Present day murders in Mystic Falls remind Damon of a similar crime spree a century earlier. Flashing back to 1912, he recalls a beautiful vampire. So this episode starts out, like we said, with a flashback. We're in 1912. I know that might be shocking for you all, but we are just going back to 1912. I know you absolutely could not have seen this coming based on the title <laughs> of the episode, but here we are. I was really quickly before we get into the episode, there was um, a series of like clips, you know, that they do for the recap. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they showed first like Caroline finding her father stabbed. And uh-huh. and then they show like uh, something with Bonnie. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. 
it's it's amazing how both of them have lost parents <laughs> like the last couple of episodes just like wow literally though you guys are cruel so cruel yeah i was like what was the point of that gang like just like emotional torture first okay. first caroline loses her dad and then she then has to comfort bonnie <laughs> whose mom is not going to be a vampire so and all of this happened because, because of elena <laughs> Who lost her parents right before the season began. Hey, I think it all comes back to parental trauma. If I'm really thinking about it, I think maybe this all loops around. I think that this episode kind of like touches on that parental trauma a little bit more, you know? Oh, yeah. With Elena and Alaric. So, oh, yeah. So we love that. Uh, we love that. We love Alaric. Uh, do hate Matt Davis, Fuck though. Matt Davis, you know? And we do have to say it. Top of the episode. Fuck Matt Davis. Do you think that one day in the future we'll have merch that just says fuck matt davis on it i don't know if we can legally do that i'm not gonna lie to you i don't what think if we, we can what if we censored censored his name <laughs> what if we just left it like a like a write your own name in so yeah. we just have fuck and then just two blank spaces where you you personally you can name. write you can write you could even write afterbite in there yeah you could you could. So we're not giving you a shirt that directly says "fuck Matt Davis," but but if you wanted but, to write it on there, we would. You could this episode we switch back and forth between 1912 and the present quite a bit here, and we're starting off with 1912. So Sheriff Forbes and a Mister Salvatore talk about how in 1912 there was the death of a councilman, and uh, the Salvatore man is not super worried about it. Uh, but when he goes to the car, car, buggy, 1912 ve- vehicle, who <laughs> fucking knows? He gets stabbed in the back. Ooh. It was- Jinkies, gang. But also, um, I have we had a flashback episode this season already? Um, yeah, we did. We did have it with, uh, obviously the, the 1920s episode, but oh, we haven't yeah, yeah. had one in a bit. I feel like for some reason this this the flashback scenes in this episode felt super good like crisp in a way like the way it looked yeah that's what i'm talking about it it just looked really good wait we've had a ton of flashbacks with the original stuff oh yeah but i don't i, I feel We're like that was dumb yeah. yeah yeah i guess so but like i feel like i don't know this one is this the one first is stefan and damon yeah flashback yeah yeah and, like in a while. A time period that makes sense. Yeah. And, like, I feel like um, it just looks so good. I'm, that's all I want to say. It just looks really good. I like the set that they use um, Yeah, the visuals, the, the visual of it does look really good. Yeah, it's weird because we've been having so many flashbacks with the original stuff, but they are so far back. Yeah. This one is that the, it almost like, doesn't feel like a flashback right. in the Vampire Diary sense. But this one, you have Stefan and Damon in old-timey suits. Yeah. And, and you're, it feels you're like, good. oh, yeah, this is a flashback. It feels good, honestly. And there are certain elements that they do with this flashback that we'll discuss later on where I'm like, thank you. That was so good. Thank you for that. So in the present day, uh, Miss Lockwood is trying to get information about who uh, Carol's Forbes uh, suspect is in these murders and Carol's not wanting to give away who it is because we walk into the jailhouse and we find that Alaric is there. He's not dead y'all he didn't die. He's not dead yet. Not yet. He is however shot mm-hmm. and they just kind of like left his bloody shirt on <laughs> like that I 
How is that sanitary, y'all? How? Um, the sheriff also questions Alaric about like him being he's like he's like the main suspect, so he must have like have like shot himself or like stabbed himself or whatever. And like to, well, you know, later on we'll, we'll, you'll figure out other stuff about that. But like originally when I heard that, I was like, I'm sorry, but that's so stupid, Sheriff. Like that's it's, that's so stupid. Why would that exist as a thing? Like I can't believe that that was her first line of question. Yeah, she's like, did you stab yourself in a house? It's like, no, huh? He, he didn't. No, like that's not my first line of thinking. That's maybe my third or fourth line of thinking, but that is not my first line of thought there. Like, <laughs> like granted, I'm not a professional investigator, but I have seen enough episodes of Criminal Minds. Right. And I'm like, serial killers don't usually stab themselves this early into their spree. So, like, you know, I don't know, like the whole like questioning of him and like him being a main suspect, like it felt so off to me because like, why would she do make think that like that doesn't make actual sense, you know? It was it was like I said, it should not have been your first line of thought. Maybe second or third or fourth, yeah. but not first. Yeah. Damon is also there for whatever reason. Because, <laughs> um, like, why not? Uh, but Liz tells him not to get involved. And for once, Damon actually kind of listens. Woohoo! Yay! Which is weird. He also... I'm going to say this now. Yeah. This episode is one of the best Damon episodes I've seen for a while. Mm. There are some weird lines and stuff. But I think Damon's actions here are like, wow, that's actual character growth. Yeah. And they, like, parallel it nicely with 1912 and everything. Yeah. It's, like, actually a good Damon episode. I will say. And so I want to say that now so I don't get people fucking roasting me later. I will say some of the choices made don't make sense to me. Like, I'm confused by them. Um, And I guess we'll discuss more of that later. But I just didn't understand the moral of the story. There were some things that were really, that were really kind of, like, subtle there that were very much back in 1912 um yeah so we'll talk about it here so uh matt and elena are out jogging and i love that they are just like setting up the duo for this episode because uh, matt and elena are I together the, they're I best friends them. again they're I doing it them. i love them this episode uh they've been slowly adding in more matt and elena scenes and i've been loving every minute of it because i just think it's such a nice thing to remind you that they you know they used to date but they're friends now and like they're best friends they're best friends and they just show it so well and again like last episode i think or an episode or two ago we, we were talking about like how Sometimes it's hard to tell, like, character relationships and stuff like that because they don't show it on screen enough. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they, I, this season at least, like, they're just really showing that Matt and, and Elena, they're friends. They're really good friends. And they're just out here being, I don't know, like, like mystery gang together, you know? Yeah, they're kind of our, they're our true Scooby gang for yeah. this episode. yeah. Because they're going around doing investigations. Uh, Matt's, like, telling her that she, you know, can't run away from her problems, but she's definitely going to try. Because uh, <laughs> Elena's workout regimen cannot be stopped. I also, I love she that they're just, contained. they're running together. Uh, yeah, they're friends. Oh, good. I love that. I just, ah. Uh... We love you, Matt and Elena. 
it's yeah it's just so nice to like actually get like hey they're friends man yeah and and they weave it into the story as well which is like should show you that it's not hard to weave that into the story please do it more yeah it it feels very natural and i think that just comes from the fact that like they're good like they work very well together like character wise they work very well together yeah like they get to be kind of funny and they also get to be serious and matt gets to sort of like tug elena back from the supernatural world for just a little bit and like give her some headspace i just love that they balance they balance each other very well in a similar way i feel like to elena and elijah okay yeah okay i can definitely see that okay yeah i'm with you there like they're like they're like a good they're good duos you know for elena i think elena's actually maybe it's just elena's not around the boys Maybe, yeah, it might just be that Elena's not around a Salvatore right now, so we're enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> so Elena goes to uh, talk with Alaric at the police station. Damon actually does try and get, like, he's not going to get involved with this one, which is a weird one to keep your nose out of this time, Damon, but okay. He also, I have to comment on it every time I see it, but... The lighting just did not do Ian any justice. Any favors? Like, none. He just looks really weird throughout this scene. And his his lizard eyes are just really popping this scene. He really was, like, wide-eyed there. And I'm like, are you good, buddy? <laughs> like, how much coffee did you have before shooting this? I just have to know. Uh, it was just... It, was, it felt, like, very much... um. The lighting, it was, like, very much, like, I was watching, like, I was, like, in a crime show, which makes sense. They were, like, in a jail, you know? Yeah, they were in a jail. So I give them, I give them, a, I'll give okay it, for that one. I'll give them that one. But it just did not do wonders <laughs> for Ian's face. It did not do great for his complexion. Uh, so, Stefan, if you forgot last time, Stefan is going off of blood cold turkey right now mm -hmm. uh, so he is having he's getting antsy he's having a lot of little like nervous ticks like tapping his uh ring against the tabletop and damon is you know trying to get him to go brotherly bonding so they can find out what's going on with alaric and he is uh he talks about a similar murders in 1912 that had a connection to what's going on now uh and 1912 was the last time the town even had anything close to a serial killer so we go to a flashback and they do really great transitions here where they're just like we're not doing anything fancy we're just panning to the left and, and now we're in a flashback and it's really good it's, and it works it works really well is this the um okay yeah this is the one where they transition via stefan's diary right yeah they do a dear diary here i love that Yes. Okay, as someone who hated Dear Diary in season one. Mm -hmm. Okay, number one, what they did was they didn't say Dear Dear Diary, thank God, because that's mm -hmm. the worst. Um, but, like, the way that, like, uh, they're kind of just, like, reading the, 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 um, the diary pages to kind of set up the scene. And mm -hmm. then yeah. also you have um, an overlay of the diary over like the flashback coming mm -hmm. so well done like i love that so much 
I think I told you way back in season yeah, one. You did. That I was like, they're going to use Stefan's diaries better later. This is what I was referring yeah. to. And this I was, and the stuff that they used in Chicago. And I'm, the, I'm so excited we're fin- finally here. Because I love like a plot device like that. You know, when it's done in the correct way, I love it. They just did it horribly in season one where I was like, this is bad. Stop doing it, please. Like, yeah, like this diary finally has a purpose, you know, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. to tell this like little flashback story versus like in season one. It was just like I'm writing in my diary like I normal do normally do. And now I'm overlapping with someone else who's also writing in their diary. And this is what we're using to express our emotions instead of just, I don't know, showing it instead of telling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they do. I I love this stuff they do with the diary now, um, because they use it this time, and they like keep going back to his diaries as sort of like a historical record, a very specific historical record, which I just think is fun. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, he was fucking born in like nineteen sixty or whatever. Sure, yeah, he's a historical record. <laughs> uh, so, in the nineteen twelve flashback, he is in the graveyard uh, trying to. Uh, attend the funeral of his technically his nephew uh, Zachariah Salvatore so he meets with Mariana Lockwood and Samantha Gilbert Mm -hmm. he's questioning them trying to see like what's going on they're like it's not a good time to be a founder in this town to which I'm gonna argue you're all rich yep shut up it's always a good time to be a founder in this town take a self-defense class or two (laughs) get over it uh (laughs) so Stefan does see a crow, and then uh, he sees Damon. Good callback. And they're reunited for the first time in 50 years. Good callback to something you did in season one. <laughs> I know. Great. Hey, guys. Thanks for that one. Because I had almost forgotten how truly fucking ridiculous this show is. For just like a moment. You had gotten me so deep into it. I was like, oh, yeah, what's going on? And then you show me a crow. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that stupid thing yeah. that you guys did. I, I Now I won't forget <laughs> I it. it. Yeah, but I love it. Stefan and Damon both think that it is the other one who is doing the killing in this town, mm-hmm. which is their usual dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that this is the first time they've met in, in like, since... Uh, in 50 years. Yeah, since they, since they turned. Yeah. And I just love that as a concept. Um, I know somebody probably has already made this. So if you know where this exists, please send it to us. But I would love if there was like a timeline of events from them turning into vampires till now, present Mm -hmm. day, you know? Yeah. I know that probably exists. Maybe it's on the TBD wiki. Um, It's probably on the TBD wiki somewhere. Uh, If not, send it to us. But also it'll be spoiler filled for you. So I'm not going to allow you to look at it. Oh, yeah. No, I probably won't look at it. But I'd like to have it for reference for later on. Yeah. Um, So this is the first time. And this this 1912 flashback, this this time in 1912 serves very well to set up all of Stefan's story that happens afterwards. Like it it makes so many things make much more sense. Mm hmm. In in the context of like, okay, well, Stefan's a ripper. How did he get to be a ripper? Well, this thing happened. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so a, this is like, yeah, this is after Lexi had kind of like taught t- like taught him to not no. drink blood. Right. No, this is no? not. This is before that. Oh, he is not drinking human blood. But 
spoiler alert, we're just going to go off the rails now, but spoiler alert, Damon does that thing with the girl later, and then Stefan kills her. That is what triggers him back onto human blood. He runs away to eventually become the Ripper that Ste- that Lexi helps. Okay, that makes Damon sense. Damon feels yes. super guilty for it, and that's why he's trying to help him in the present day to get sort of okay. back onto moderation human blood. Okay, so... Okay, so for 50 years, Stefan has not been drinking blood. Just, like, of his own accord because of what happens with his father. Correct, yes. Okay, that makes sense. And so this is when Stefan goes off the fucking rails. Okay, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, because Damon pushed him to drink human blood again. Yeah. So now, then that sets it up for later in the episode. In present day, Damon is trying to teach him, uh, trying to get him a little bit more moderation so he can still drink human blood but not become that ripper again. Yeah. It, it actually, like, I really do like that because it, it feels almost like character growth, <laughs> which I know is wild. And I, I blame Damon for not having it all the goddamn time, but it, it does feel like character growth, right? Yeah. Where- yeah. It does feel like character growth because he is helping Stefan out of nothing, but that he's like his brother, you know? There's and he like, feels guilty for setting Stefan off yeah, all those years ago. You know, there's no selfish like, reason behind it, which is nice. I think exactly. what kind of confused me was just like the fact that he was like, "I let me help you get back on human blood." And as a human, I don't. How am I supposed to like? I don't know. Sympathize with that, or you know, like, um, kind of be like, "Yeah, let's get Stefan back on human blood." Yeah, it it feels a little it feels a little weird, but I always just think of it more as like moderation, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, like, and let's I, get you back on moderation so you don't just fucking murder people <laughs> and rip their heads off. Yeah, I get I get that. Like I get that type point of it. I just think it's a, it's just a weird concept to do it around because I am human. I do not want vampires drinking my blood. I probably rather they be like Stefan and just not drink human blood. Hey Jordan, do you think vampires are real? Hun? No, hey, hun. but I'm saying there. I'm saying there theoretically, if I was in this universe and I'm human, <laughs> what I would want, and I would not want for vampires to be drinking human blood. I like objectively, I would rather them like drink animal blood, you know, because that doesn't affect me. So, Jordan, I'm gonna. You're thinking too hard about it, girl. <laughs> Just turn the brain off. It's, it's the Vampire Diaries. They're vampires. <laughs> They use humans like this all the time. Just turn that brain off, baby. Just turn it off. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I'll no longer worry about it. It was just on my mind while I was watching that. That's why it was a little confusing. This is the first thing that's gotten you. Not any of other, like, Stefan's, like, former Ripper storylines or anything like no, that. because, like... The one where he compelled because... the guy to drink... Like champagne lace. No, okay. Blood. But here's like, the, here's why. This one? Here's why I'm thinking this way, right? Because yeah. I, oh, sorry, something dropped. <laughs> <laughs> because for like a lot of season one, right? Drinking mm-hmm. blood was not viewed. Drinking human blood was not viewed in like a positive light, right? It was always that Stefan's a good guy. Stefan's a guy who who Stefan's a vampire who's not drinking human blood, and he's taken the sacrifice of like drinking animal blood instead, even though it makes him a little weaker. Like that's kind of just like a positive on his part, right? So like because they have framed it that way, it feels weird that now we're just like okay, now just drink blood in moderation. 
like drinking human blood in moderation because at a certain point stuff and not drinking human blood was like a positive and like seen as like a I don't know, like mm-hmm. a really good thing. And it kind of like is what separated him from Damon. Like Damon was the one who was drinking human blood and didn't really care about human life, right? So like it's just weird that now that's no longer like there's no longer an opposition between the two. And now they're just like drink blood in moderation, human blood in moderation, and you'll be fine. Which like I get that's like a good thing because that means that Stefan won't be like outrightedly like killing people, you know? But um, especially when he gets like tempted to drink blood, but mm-hmm. like it's especially because like spoiler alert again, there's a scene later on, like while he's like drinking human blood later on, where Lena walks in on him and she's like shocked, you know? Yeah, and like I feel like that still sets up that framing for that. Mm-hmm. There's like still a lot of that framing going on in this episode. So especially even like with the scene with the Lena and Matt where they're having a discussion about it so that's why it just feels like a weird thing to see in a positive light like i know it's a positive thing for Stefan to like be able to control the amount of blood he is and not kill people if he like drinks human blood but it just feels really off that's valid but again that's too much thought to put in the vampire diaries dude (laughs) just like i'm not like, I'm saying this seriously, but also not seriously, but also seriously. Like, just don't think about it. Okay, time. I'll turn my brain off. I'll turn my brain off a little bit. I mean, to be fair, I also, I'm one of those motherfuckers. I fully have my brain on for all of this. But this is one of those things that I'm like, this is a TV show. I'm <laughs> just like, what? A, you know what? Like, this might as well happen yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Like, you know what? Fine. I'm happy for him. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Rebecca is trying to track down the uh, new white oak stake that she and Klaus had sort of like discovered would be existing. She was trying to, um, trying to track down that old white oak tree, track down where the wood from that white oak tree went. She meets up with Stefan and Damon, has some drinks with them at the bar. Damon says some really gross stuff about sex and like, hey, if a man is saying the sex was good, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it made me feel uncomfortable very uncomfortable yeah like i'm a whole ass like i'm a whole like adult woman and yet every time damon especially mentioned sex i'm like yeah you're like this doesn't feel good this doesn't feel right (laughs) yeah it like especially because it's like a relationship between damon and rebecca that that now kind of exists and you're just like why I don't really, there's nothing, I mean, like, this episode is good to talk about, but only when you talk about the storylines as a whole. So let's talk about the Alaric storyline this season. Okay. Or this episode. Okay. Because there's just, like, there's so many little scenes here that I, like, don't care about. Mm-hmm. The overall gist of the Alaric storyline this this episode is Elena visits Meredith to try and, like, talk Alaric out of it. Meredith reveals that Alaric has had, like, a lot of shit. Like, he's always been a very angry person, gotten into a lot of fights. His would-be wife, Isabel, filed two restraining orders against him. Which is, like, what? And we're supposed to, like... Like him? Be sympathetic for this guy? Huh? (laughs) Like, like, really? Like, if, if I'm being honest... Like, that uh-huh. characterization kind of makes sense with the fact that Alaric is an alcoholic. Yeah. 
So Mary- I was with her. I was with Meredith when she was like talking about fighting. I'm yeah. like, okay, he's a rough and tumble vampire hunter. Sure. Fighting, whatever. But then she said the uh, restraining orders thing. And I was like, oh, but also oh. a lot of like, did Alaric start drinking alcohol to cope with the fact that his wife died? Or was he always that way? That's the question. I don't, I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it. I just he uh, he kind of probably he he sucks. He he sucks. He sucks. He's not great. Um, he sucks. You know what? It was great when the lark was kind of just like Jenna's boyfriend and He's a goofy history teacher, and that's all you knew about him. And, yeah, and that was fun. Every new thing I learn about Alaric, I like him less. Like, oh, Alaric decided <laughs> to be friends with Damon. Uh, like him less. <laughs> not, I don't know if that's the right decision, Alaric. Alaric then decides to abandon Elena and Jeremy after, um, you know, their aunt dies, their guardian dies. Uh, don't know if that's great. They have to rope you back in to be their guardian. But and you also the fact that the fact of him like telling Elena that she's an adult now, so she can handle it. Just, like, not a lot of gray things stacking up against him. And then he's been in a lot of fights and a restraining, two restraining orders. Yeah. And then she still ends up marrying him. Yeah. But also then she does go off, get Damon to turn her into a vampire so she can just, like, be a vampire. Like, there's so much. There's so much. There's so much to unpack. There is so much to unpack. But the good news is, um... (laughs) Matt and Elena sneak into Meredith's apartment while Meredith is in surgery. Yes. Uh, and they go into her closet, find a skeleton in her closet, which is a record on all of the founding family members, especially Alaric uh, and, and Alaric. Uh, they also find an old Gilbert journal that uh, Matt sequesters away for later. Um, they... Meredith comes home from surgery, like, less than, you can imagine, like, less than an hour after Elena and her were at the hospital. Like, what kind of quick-ass <laughs> surgery did you do? You got cleaned up? You were good to, like, what? <laughs> do you think she was lying to them about what she needed to do? I have no idea. It was just, like, it felt weird to me. I'm like, she was in surgery, and now she's just done. I don't think that's the schedule doctors work on. Number one. <laughs> Number two... It was, It didn't feel like it was that long afterwards. I don't know. It was just weird. Timing felt weird there. Yeah. Uh, so she comes back. The kids hide in the closet. They think they got away home free here. They open up the closet and she's standing just like right fucking there. That was so scary. <laughs> it was <laughs> so good. They did it so good. I got freaked out. Okay. They, they actually did scare me. I was like, fuck. Like, that was a good, good, good job on your part, you guys. Like, Chef's Kiff's horror section. And, like, because I was totally convinced that she left the apartment. Same. And then they were like, actually, no, she's right behind the door. She is right ass there. (laughs) Oh, it was so good. 
it was very good. And then, you know, you go to them in the sheriff's office, obviously. Uh, there is a letter that is discovered from the county coroner's office that corrects the time of death on Bad Brian, who was killed, therefore clearing Alaric. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alaric will be getting released later. Uh, Matt has snuck the Gilbert journal out from there and uh, they head over to the Gilbert household. Matt gives her the journal, yeets off to home. Elena digs into the uh, Gilbert diary. Then let's talk about the flashback arcs that we have here. So in 1912, there was actually another vampire in town at the same time. A vampire woman named Sage. Which, who I'm in love with, by the way. By the way? I'm in love with? By the way, I'm in love with her. I'm in love with her. Did you know? I'm in love. Oh my god, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So, <laughs> we meet Sage at a boxing match because she is the middleweight champion for <laughs> boxing. Love that uh, for from, her. like some World's Fair, like sideshow attraction basically Uh, i love so she is a woman just absolutely kicking the ass of every man oh it's so good (laughs) i love it it's so good so she clocks the salvatore boys as vampires immediately uh and she talks to damon and like hey buy sage real though yeah, like yeah, some same. lines she says yeah. about women and pleasure. I was, I'm like, I was like, bisexual sage. Real? I was like, does she? Is she? You know, like, <laughs> is she? You know, like, like you can't talk about women like that and just be straight. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like especially because like I feel like you could like people could argue like oh like she's a vampire and maybe that's just like. How vampires like talk about like a woman? No, other lady vampires haven't done that. No, she's she seems like a little, you know. I think she's a little, yeah, yeah. Uh, she does, however, say also in equal measure like some creepy shit. Oh yeah, uh, men and women. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, as soon as we got bisexual icon Sage, she kind of. Was Became the worst. Creepy. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Here's my here was my relationship with Sage. She was introduced as a female boxer. I was like, I am in love. And then she meets Damon, and maybe it's like the interaction with Damon that they should have kept out. So I continue to love her. She, <laughs> she meets with Damon. Uh-huh. They have like a little conversation, and then she starts saying some shit, and I'm like, here's my exact train thought um, from my notes. Uh, is she also a vampire? Love that for her if she is. Then is she a lesbian? But also, she may be the worst, but it's okay, I love her. And that was it. <laughs> like, yeah, she's kind of the worst. Why do we not have nice things when it comes to gays on this show? Y'all are so wild like, for that one. You, you gave me what I wanted, and then we're just actually, she kind of is a bitch as well. Sorry. Like, Damn. <laughs> Does it ever hit you that we don't get actual gay rep, no matter how small it is, until like season five of this show? It's so sad. 
It's so sad. You really do have I'm to so just tired. like search for the subtle, subtle. How do you say that word? Subtleties. Subtleties. Gotta search for them, you know. And when you look at them, you're like, "Oh, this is actually kind of gross." Yeah. Y'all are vile. Maybe for that you were one. just trying to make this gross, and instead you just made it gay. Even so, that's bad. <laughs> that means you're not good at your job. Please get better. Not even that you're not good at your job. You're just not good at women. <laughs> yeah. Actually, maybe the show's just um not good at with women. Can we have a checklist of all the women that have been traumatized in the show, please? It's all of them. It's just every oh. female character on this show. You oh. don't need a specific checklist. Just oh, look up okay. female characters. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the show doesn't treat women. Maybe the show bad with women. Hmm. Show bad with women? Hmm. I wonder if that's the case. Let's see. Show traumatizes women. Show also centers every conversation around men. Show also is predominantly about men. I don't know. Things are adding up. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, It's so sad, too. You know why? Because this is a show about vampires. And that means this is a... Not only is this a show about the supernatural, so literally anything could happen, you know? But also... The supernatural in, like, the past is constantly used as, like, a reference for homosexuality. And we've talked about this so much. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, it just is. And you guys are just, like, we're going to ignore that. Don't be, like, you 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 had to know this. Of course they know it. They yeah. did the conversion line storyline. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. they know this. Yeah. And then they're, like, hmm, let's not have any gay vampires. Like, shut up. Give me gay vampires. <laughs> Shut up! Just give me a vampire! Just do what I want! Please! (laughs) Please! I know it's dumb to take aim at a show that started in 2009, but goddammit, we're gonna do it! I will do it. We're 10 years too late and I am fighting this fight! (laughs) I'm allowed to fight this fight. I'm allowed to hold a grudge for 10 years, alright? I've done it before, I'll do it again. All right. Yeah, don't fucking test me, Vampire Diaries. I know you entirely, and I know what you do to the gay vampires you do give me. I know. I know. It's a lot. And you continue to fucking do it. You're not slick. We catch you. We've caught you. (laughs) You're really not fucking slick with this shit, gang. (laughs) We see it for what it is. All right? And we're eyeing you, okay? And, um... Again, apologies have to be made. <laughs> Give an apology to me specifically yeah. for how fucking dirty you did Sage here. Yeah. Um, apologies need to be made. Um, I was thinking, oh, should we have an apology counter? But no, that would be just one no. every single episode. So no. we can't do that. But I don't know. Like, right? Maybe, like, start off with something easy. And uh, get your phone out and do like a simple notes apology, notes app apology. Notes app apology. <laughs> <laughs> hey gang, we did vam- we did gay vampires real dirty back in whenever that episode aired in 2016, 2015. We just would like to apologize for that because good God, we fucked it up real bad. And then just just post that. I don't know. Julie Plett can post it. The official Vampire Diaries Twitter account can post which it. Which is still active, by yeah, the way. Which is still active. So you guys are still active, but you haven't addressed the rampant, um, let's see, racism, 
sexism. <laughs> the whole oh. conversion therapy plot like, line. Like, you haven't addressed any of that, but you're still active on Twitter for some reason. Explain that one to me. Explain it quickly. I'm waiting. Like, you guys Please. have no excuse. Actually, you have no excuse. I don't know if anybody who writes for the vampire... I'm pretty sure none of you listen to this podcast. Absolutely not. Could you imagine if you listen to a podcast every week and all they did was shit on a thing that you worked very hard on? Absolutely nobody related to the Vampire Diaries listens to this podcast. It's okay. We'll get you to you somehow. You know what we... <laughs> I know B doesn't want to do no, this. No, actually, I'm 100% sure that, like, actually somebody who, like, worked on The Vampire Diaries got fired and now hates it probably listens to our podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know B doesn't want to do this, but literally the only way for us to um, get their attention would be to go to one of those conventions, the stupid conventions that they do, and then oh get on a panel. <laughs> Where we're the host. Really? We're the host of the panel. Oh, so we're gonna host a convention panel just to <laughs> And then them. and then we 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 request that the writers are the are the guests. And here's we, the fun thing too. Yeah. We could probably make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> if we talk to some people. We can make it happen. Well, you could probably make that happen. I'm and, not going to lie to you. And then we roast them for, like, a good panel session. Just, like, <laughs> just an hour or so straight of just us, like, so what, why did you do that decision? What was the reasoning behind that? What was the reasoning for that? Do you regret doing that? Is that, like, one of the biggest regrets of your career? What have you? Do you regret doing that? And if not, have you considered regretting it? Have you donated to any organizations to make up for what you did? Like any like LGBT ones, any ones that have to do with Black Lives Matter? Like, have you put a reasonable amount of money into those organizations? Like a good chunk, especially from the money you've earned from the Vampire Diaries. Have you taken every time that the Vampire Diaries plays? Do you take that check that you get? And then send it to an organization because you realize what you did was really wrong. Could you maybe do anything good? Please. We're begging. Please. Okay. We can get back on track. Okay. 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 Where were we? We're talking about Sage. Yeah. So Sage and Damon drink from a lady. It's about as weirdly sensual as you think it will be. Mm -hmm. Then, in another flashback, Damon convinces Stefan to do the same thing. Right. And Stefan, who hadn't had, you know, who hadn't had human blood... Maybe since his dad died, just uh, definitely not recently, mm -hmm. uh, starts drinking from this woman and he cannot stop. He drinks and Damon tries to get him to stop. Stefan's like growling, like straight up feral at him uh, and drinks so much that he does the Ripper thing where he tears her head off. Just like clean off. Mm -hmm. And you can see... 
Now, this was alluded to much earlier in the season or late in second season here. But when Stefan is a ripper, he will rip their heads off and then feel so guilty about it that he'll try and put them back together again. Yeah. And you can actually see that happen in this scene, which, which is I super love. cool, actually. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, and Damon just, like, looks on in horror as Stefan throws her down and then disappears into the night. And then you everything clicks that that is the reason why Damon is trying to help Stefan learn moderation now Mm -hmm. because he didn't back in 1912 and then we all know what happens after 1912 as he becomes the Ripper of Monterey and we meet him in Chicago in 1920 we kind of put that in the timeline Mm -hmm. Put everything involving Lexi in the timeline there of her actually helping him get out of it. I love that they've told the story out of order. I actually really do too. Like, such a good move on their part. Um, I think it really, it really like paces the story really well so that like whenever you go further back, you kind of see a reference to something that happened later on. Um, and that kind of gets explained, which I really like. But also, like, the the it really shows that the the plot has been thought out, you know, and yeah, and they didn't just throw it together. Which is like, hold on, there's how a, it feels sometimes. There's a yeah, I can tell. Mm-hmm, there's a uh, if you hear those cry. sirens, those are on our end, mm-hmm. not yours. All right, uh, it's going away. Uh, this is what it's like living in New York. My neighbors won't <laughs> shut up, and their police car is going every single weekend. Anyways, um, it really shows that they've thought out the plot. And with a lot of shows, sometimes it feels like they just kind of haphazardly threw things together because they didn't think that far ahead. Mm-hmm. it's really nice to see that they have thought that far ahead and that they there is intention going on with character and like the way that the characters and the way that most of them for the most part develop it feels good because they parallel it to at the bar in present day damon uh damon prepares a woman for stefan to drink stefan Starts to drink from her, uh, which they really kind of bully him into. Mm-hmm. But I kind of, I get it. Like, I, I understand why they kind of had to bully him into it there. Yeah. Um, but doesn't mean it feels good. Yeah. It feels very <laughs> off. Feels bad, folks. Feels real bad. <laughs> uh, and so they bully Stefan into drinking from her. He actually does manage to stop. They tear him off of her. And then he comes face to face with Elena. Yeah. And it is awkward. Very awkward. I don't remember if before or after this, Elena and Matt has had their conversation. Was it before or after? Um, I think it's after. Okay. Yeah, it's after this that Elena and Matt have a conversation about why she's involved with the Salvatore brothers. Uh, I, I really love that scene between her and Matt. Um, yeah. Talk about it. She's like, she's like basically explaining how, like, with uh, Stefan, she kind of feels safe in some way because mm-hmm. um, her par- like her, uh, because 
he will never die, you know, like her parents have. Um, and for me, that made me feel like so sad, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and like it really kind of broke my heart for Elena because uh, the fact that she's had to deal with like so many of her parents dying and uh, this is what I was kind of referencing to earlier in, in in this episode of After Bite but like I saw like Bonnie and Caroline both have had to deal with recent um, parental death trauma and mm-hmm. you know Elena has to deal with that too is still dealing with that I don't know if she'll ever get over that because it's hard to lose your parent especially her parents and then also her her guardian aunt Jenna after like only really being around in her life for a year you know um mm-hmm. so it really is heartbreaking to see Elena have to go through that and again just like I feel like most times when the girls are put through trauma it's really more for like a shock factor if that makes sense like oh like mm-hmm. well this crazy thing just happened and now they have to like kind of deal with it while with Elena I feel like it's not as bad with the other girls. Like, I don't think they're necessarily just doing it for trauma, if that makes sense. Like, trauma shock value. No, they also, they all, it also sometimes feels like they do, but yeah. Yeah, I, I guess in this instance, I can say they've been this, better about it. Yeah, this, this incident does feel more like just, like, character depth and, like, trying to understand the character a little bit better. And, like, mm-hmm. um, it just, it makes sense, you know? And... Uh, for me, the, uh, at least with this particular scene, it wasn't like very like, oh, this is something traumatic. Ha- look at Elena deal with her tra- trauma. It's more just like, it's just like just a reality of the statement that she's like had to deal with so- losing so many people in her life that she maybe she just doesn't want. She wants to be with someone that she doesn't have to lose, which is mm-hmm. um, really amazing. And then also, uh, Matt, um, she's like, Elena's like, oh, you probably don't want to talk about this. And Matt's like uh something about like how it's easy to to like, talk about with the people you love or something like that like hinting at the fact that Matt still like loves her you know mm-hmm. even though they've broken up which I think is like, really sweet yeah and uh, Matt and then also Matt um pulls out in that same scene Matt pulls out the Gilbert journal yeah um, and he's like you know sometimes it pays to be it pays off to be the only normal one in a town full of vampires nobody pays attention to me and he just like Matt, I love you. Yeah, man. Like yeah, sometimes, what? sometimes you you get on my nerves, you know. Sometimes you do stuff, and I'm like, shut up, Matt. But then you do stuff like this, and I'm like, Matt, I love you. Now it's like Matt, shut up, but in like a friend way, yeah. instead of a mean way. Like, yeah. shut up, Matt. I love I, you. I think it's interesting because you know Matt has had dynamics with Caroline and both Elena. Mm-hmm. And, like, with Caroline, he was kind of... He was, like, very sweet sometimes, but also, like, very, like, you're the worst. Stop. Um, Yeah. So it's really interesting to see his character kind of revamped in relation to Elena. Like, he's kind of just, like, sweeter on her, which is interesting. Yeah. This is just, like... I, I like Matt when he's not in a relationship with one of the women because he's much more sweet to them when he's not in a relationship yeah, with them. Yeah, I Which, agree. wow, men, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, yeah, I get it. You know, it's easier to be, like, friend sweet when you're just friends, right? Yeah. 
Uh, also here, Alaric finally comes back from prison. Uh, he walks in, Elena hugs him, they have a moment. Very sweet. Love that for them. So let's finish up with the Gilbert plotline here because it takes a wild turn. <laughs> so this one we have to do in order of the scenes mm-hmm. because so much happens. It's wild. <laughs> it takes a wild turn, y'all. So Elena's reading from the journal and Alaric comes downstairs, asks what what she's reading and she's like i thought this was a journal from jonathan gilbert but it turns out it is a journal uh from his granddaughter samantha who went just as crazy as he did and lark's like well now you got something to look forward to kid which is very ironic and i do love a lot so uh then we go back to the salvatore house where Stefan went digging in the archives, and he found something about the murders from 1912. While they never officially arrested anyone, they got a confession ten years later from Samantha Gilbert. You're like, what? Says that she went crazy, and she was locked up in an asylum, because, obviously, I mean, it was 1922. Yeah. What do you do with a woman? You lock her in an asylum. (laughs) And... He says that, you know, she went crazy. And Damon's like, well, that's weird because I'm pretty sure I killed her at some point in 1912. Which, Jinkies gang, is this starting to come together for y'all? I hope so. Meredith shows up to the Gilbert household. And she said that what she did was to protect Alaric because now that they've looked at him, they won't look, you know... They won't look back at him again once they've cleared him now. He's good to go. She's good now. And up in her room, Elena reads from the journal, and she reads something about Samantha that she was losing time. Mm -hmm. At the Salvatore house, Stefan believes that Samantha is still alive and running around Mystic Falls killing founders. Damon says that, you know, it's impossible because if she was turned... They would know about it because you can only have so many vampires in a town, you know? Right. And Stefan says, well, maybe it's the Gilbert ring. Damon's like, well, if it is the ring, it's not still her because it doesn't protect against old age. She would still die a natural death, right? She would have to be definitely be dead by now. Mm -hmm. And then Stefan's like, well, they made two rings. Jeremy has one. And Alaric has the other. Yo. Originally, I was like, I was I was like a little bit confused as to where it was going. So originally, I thought maybe like before this was they said this, I was like, maybe Samantha's still around and she's like causing trouble like as a ghost. Maybe they're doing something mm-hmm. more with ghosts. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, nope. It's a ring. And I'm like, huh? And like. Still at this point, I was in denial, I'll say. And then what Meredith says next sort of really, really drives it home here. So Meredith says that all of the victims obviously were killed with Alaric's weapons. So he's the fucking murderer, right? Yeah. Like, you know, but then Alaric's like, well, I was attacked. Meredith says, well, your wounds were self-inflicted. Alaric's like, I would know if I stabbed myself a bunch of times in the stomach. (laughs) So, and then she's like, well, have you had any blackouts? Have you lost any time? 
wonder how long that ring is going to keep working for you. And, and you know, the thing about Alaric, right, is that he's he's an alcoholic. So, like, when you hear blackout, you're like, well, yeah, maybe he's had yeah, blackout. he already lost time. Like, he, he's an alcoholic. Like, of course, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Continue. And then Elena comes down the stairs. As Meredith says, you know, something similar happened almost 100 years ago. Elena comes down confirming, you know, Meredith might be right. And then in one final flashback, we see the thing that we saw at the very beginning of the episode, Zachariah Salvatore walking through that park, and he's stabbed in the back. And this time, we see the face of his killer, Samantha Gilbert, wearing the Gilbert ring. What the fuck? Whoa. (laughs) And, like, here's the thing. Like, up until, like, the last minute before, like, um... Like, when Meredith is just, like, explaining, like, Black House and stuff, I was like, am I even supposed to trust Meredith? Like, I don't know if I fully trust her. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And I was like, maybe she's, like, related to Samantha Gilbert. Maybe, like, that's why she's trying to trick Alaric into thinking that it was him. And then Elena comes down with that book, and I'm like, oh, shit, Uh is it really him? Oh, shit. And then, and then, like, and then they confirm. And the confirmation is so good. I'm not going to lie to you. This plot line still knocks me on my ass. Yeah. This is the second time seeing it. I know what happens. Like, I knew from the moment the ring started, like, stopped working with Alaric. I'm like, I know what's going to happen now. I knew this. I watched the show fairly recently, right? Yeah. But it still knocks me on my ass every time. It's such a good storyline. You're like, Alaric is a serial killer. He doesn't even know it. It's, the Gilbert ring is like possessing him. That's so fucking cool. That's so cool and wild. And what a concept, you know? Just it's bonkers. <laughs> it's just fucking bonkers. It's like who would have thought? Not me. Like like no one saw so- it coming. And they do it so well because up until this episode, for a large amount of this episode, I still thought that it was Meredith doing all of these things. And she would Yeah, I was looking at your notes and I'm like, there are so many notes of Jordan not trusting Meredith and thinking Alaric's innocent. This is gonna be so good. Yeah, because like because like there's no reason for me to not trust Alaric. You know? Like at the end of the last episode, Meredith shot him. So then you're like, yeah. so you're like, I can't trust her. She shot him. She's obviously up to something. What is she up to? And then they're like, actually, and and the craziest thing, right? It's like the the even like the questioning that the sheriff Forbes Liz goes through. Like it's so bonkers that you're like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you even think that? And now that I know the ending, the like like what's actually happening, I'm like actually, it's. That makes sense, but it also, tracks. It's so wild that it makes sense. Like it, like how does that even make sense? Like, and it's also so much fun because during this episode, right? We also we kind of skipped over some of the stuff that like happened at the bar because like Rebecca's coming up to the boys, talking with both of them. She helps Damon with the you know all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But they also talk a lot about these murders in 1912, and you know. Stefan and Damon are like, well, yeah, they wouldn't suspect a woman. A woman couldn't have done this. And Rebecca was like, huh, okay, boys. Oh, like- wait. I had a great joke for that scene <laughs> for the podcast. Oh, wait. Let's go back then. Let me find that one and you can say your funny joke. <laughs> Let me find that scene. <laughs> um, 
Um, let's see here. Where? I have a great joke. It's going to be a callback joke, y'all. Okay, let's see here. Um, Rebecca, what one is it? You could also just summarize what happens. It's all right. So in in the bar, right? They have some they have some scenes with where Rebecca's there too, and the boys and pretty much everybody. Obviously, like it was nineteen twelve. Nobody was suspecting that a woman will be the one stabbing people and killing them. Yeah, but Rebecca's like a woman could. And I have to say, Rebecca, you're right. That is sexist because she says it's sexist. That is sexist. Um, I can't you're believe correct, Rebecca. I can't believe I have to say this, but a woman could be a serial killer. Okay, and they can also be grave <laughs> robbers. Do not underestimate women. Okay. Oh my God! Call back, call back to the gender inequality in the grave robbing field. Fucking get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> women can be serial killers. They can also be grave robbers. They can they can work together that way. All right. They can kill. Women are just can, powerful. They can like rob that. graves. All right. They can do anything they want. Go woman. <laughs> yeah okay good one Thank i'm glad you. we went back for that one i'm glad we circled back around i just saw that in my notes i was like wait no that was a good joke we have to go back for that <laughs> we have to go back so this episode was actually pretty good i'm not gonna lie to you i had a good time. i really enjoyed it it felt so like everything fit together perfectly there weren't any like pacing problems uh yeah they kept it pretty they kept it pretty quick because they kept the, the the thing that helped keep it quick here, right, is that you had the Damon and Stefan stuff that was happening in the present, and then you could keep going back to the Damon and Stefan stuff that was happening in the past, yeah. and that would help make it feel like new, yeah. like it, like when we lay it out like this, it's like they have three storylines, right, where you have the Alaric storyline, and then you have the Damon and Stefan storyline, and then you have the 1912 storyline. But since those two Damon and Stefan and the 1912 storylines are just so in tandem there it just feels good like it feels well paced and and also it's great that they didn't leave out things that happened at the end of that like the cliffhanger that happened last episode mm-hmm. kind of still tied into it with rebecca questioning everything um and her still being a part of the damon's uh stefan storyline so yeah it, it it was like a really good episode it was a really also like they only had like five main characters yeah here. I, that's I think like we we talk about those episodes that they have all of the main characters all of them doing other things happening I like this one because it's a pretty like a smaller crew right yeah. you have Matt and Elena on one end and then you have Damon and Stefan and Rebecca on the other end and it feels like it's not one of those ones where they have like four storylines and they all yeah come they're all just like centered way. around one thing that kind of all connect with one another which is great yeah it's very nice. Hey, Jordan. Yes. What are you going to rank episode 316, 1912? Originally. I'm just saying numbers at this point. <laughs> Originally, I was like, this episode is good, but is it high enough to meet like a, like a really good, good episode? And I have to say, I really enjoyed watching this episode. Like, I had a good time. Uh I liked all like the it's like a good episode to talk about. I liked all the storylines. Yeah. I liked all the characters, how they worked in this episode. Um, like even things that are small, like Rebecca, like being involved in the plot and trying to get more information about um, the um, the white oak tree. 
Or like mm-hmm. even like things like Liz questioning a lark if he if he like like self stabbed himself yeah. <laughs> like that was so good because now it's fun to like watch that and be like oh yeah he did that's exactly what happened you're right it's not crazy one hundred percent yeah um and like the use of Stefan's diary correctly like so many things went right mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that can stop me from giving this like a ten okay hell yeah. Like there's even Hell like yeah. there's even like a good use of like music in the middle of the episode where um oh I don't remember exactly what happens but there's like a it's like a bodon tune or something like that and the character kind of moves with the music that I really enjoyed I just think it's a great episode great flashback episode great character episode great pacing everything's great it's a good, I'm giving it a ten yeah I am. I'm also going to give this a 10 for pretty much the same reasons. It's just a good fucking episode. Yeah. It's so tight. The plot twist at the end feels so, so good. good. And it feels natural. Like, it, it was supposed to happen. Yeah, it, it's the natural culmination of all of the things we've questioned about the ring. It's the natural culmination of, you know, weird founders murders. It's the natural culmination of, like... <laughs> Alaric being more angry and antsy yeah. recently. Like it just it feels so fucking good. It feels right. It's just a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the MVP of this episode? This though? is a hard one, honestly, because right? there's so many good character things this episode. Oh shit. Like uh, this episode made me like Damon for half a second. Yeah. What the fuck? How? He's not my MVP for by a mile, but no. like wow. Yeah. Honestly, and this is going to be a wild hit, but yeah. go with me. I think Alaric might be the MVP. I was kind of thinking, like, either, like, maybe Alaric or, like, Meredith. Oh, Meredith, though. Meredith had so much girl power this episode. Her maybe li- Meredith is our MVP little for actually sh- figuring shit out. A little shock thing with, like, Matt and Helena yeah. in the closet. Her being correct and her, like, getting Alaric out of jail only to tell him, hey, you're the serial killer, but I did this for you anyways. Like, girl power moves only. Yeah. I would say maybe Alaric because, you know, it is centered, like, a, a lot around him. But, like, I guess the only real cool thing that happens with him this episode is that... He is revealed to be the serial killer. And then also I'm thinking about the flashback scenes as well. Mm-hmm. Um is there anyone who sticks out from the flashback who could be a contender? I mean, obviously Sage is cool. Yeah, but we'll, not not spoiler alert, we'll see more of her. Yeah, not MVP, definitely this episode. Um, I mean, I do like Stefan? Yeah, I was gonna maybe say Stefan, but I don't know. If I, I, I think Meredith is just her MVP this episode yeah. for all that girl power. Yeah, yeah. Let's give it to Meredith. She deserves Did it. Meredith fell effectively utilize girl power when she killed the Lark Salt. <laughs> but also especially because I like questioned her like validity her credibility the so whole time. T- the whole time. And she was right. Like that's such a power move. Like like they just used that character super well because she was so like untrustworthy from the beginning. And they were like, actually, you should actually trust this character because they're correct. It's just this episode is just so good. Yeah. Great episode. Great episode. It's just so good. I can't wait for next episode, too. I think that's also going to be a pretty good one. I have a question real quick. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
would it be up like let's say we have an episode and like the the thing that's really cool happens is with like an inanimate object like Stefan's diary could we make Stefan's diary the MVP absolutely (laughs) it's most valuable player not most valuable person yeah I say we could make a fucking cat the MVP for all I give a shit I'd like to keep that in in mind because maybe that will happen you know yeah let's just maybe we'll have another great great diary sequence that just like slaps harder than this one yeah 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 that's it for this episode of Afterbite. Thank you all for hanging with us. Next week, we'll be back to talk about episode 317, Break On Through. We're getting down to the nitty gritty of season three here. We only have like six episodes left. Oh my gosh. What That's not a lot. Can't that is not a lot. I cannot believe we're almost through all of season three. It's because we've been fucking going crazy this season, dude. Two episodes a week is fucking madness. Yeah, but also time is an illusion and I cannot believe... Time is an illusion right now, yeah. I cannot believe so much time has passed and we're... At, at, like, I remember starting season three, you know? Like, yeah. we, didn't we start season three at the beginning of this pandemic? Pretty much, yeah. The first episode of season three was released, let me see here, on... Actually, first episode of season three here uh, was released on the 19th of June. And see, it feels like it's been Season longer. two was sort of the start of the pandemic here, because that was released on uh, March 20th. Oh my gosh, yeah, dude, it's wild as shit. How much time has passed and I've been inside for? Oh my god. I know. I know. Uh, I'm not even quarantined with another person. I just have my fucking... Your cat. Cat. That's it. That's it for this week, y'all. Stay inside, stay safe, and wash your fuck... Wait, wait, before we do that, find us on Twitter, at AfterBitePod. While After you wash your hands. Wait, before you wash your hands. You should wash your hands quite a lot here. Yeah. So stay inside, stay safe, and wash your fucking hands. Oh, I was also going to say, before I say, you know, defund the police. Also, rate and review us on, on iTunes. Follow we us don't say review us on Apple Podcasts enough. Yeah. Hey, do that. If you like the show seriously, seriously, seriously. It helps out more than you know. More than you know. Please An do that. Absolute insane amount. It helps so much. Yes. So if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 please rate and review, please. Yes. Um, if you do that, I'll give you loads of hugs once quarantine is over. Also, like we I feel like we are getting certain people through quarantine. I feel like that's the truth. You know? We're really, yeah, I feel like a lot of folks are just, like, going fucking through it with the Vampire Diaries, so, so like, they're, like, I coming feel, to us. I feel like you kind of owe it to us <laughs> to do those things. We're providing the illusion that you have friends that you talk to regularly during quarantine, exactly. so you should give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> that feels mean to say. <laughs> but, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Y'all, stay inside, stay safe, and wash your fucking hands. Also, defund the police as a first step to abolishing the police. Also, you know, save USPS. Oh, God, now we gotta fucking go to bat for the postal system, yeah, too. We now have to 2020 add keeps getting worse. I don't recommend anyone existing. You know what? I feel really jealous. <laughs> I can't see that. I was gonna say... <laughs> I feel really jealous of the people like passed out in like a coma. Somebody is gonna have the experience of going into a coma on like February 28th and waking up next February 28th. They'll be like, oh, we're good now? And they'll be like, oh, what did I miss? miss Oh, everything. (laughs)